0: How about John 13:34? Let's start there. Thank you, Lord. You know, we're, uh, last week I, I was preaching in Branson, actually, and uh, um, preached a message called, Why Are You So Strange? And, uh, and it was good. The Lord helped us a lot. But uh, Christians ought not be like everyone else. We should stand out. Right? We are truly a light in the dark. How many know, I don't care how small a light you turn on in a dark room, it will show. No matter how small that light is, it will show. If it is a pinhead of light, it will show. And as Christians, anywhere we go, we should be that light. We should be someone that stands out. And this is the number one way that Jesus said we would stand out right is this how he said it let me make sure yeah that's how he said it verse 34 says a new command I give you so this is something they hadn't heard this was a new command everybody says well they've heard this before no they hadn't heard it like this he said love one another as I have loved you the reason they hadn't heard it like that before is because they hadn't had Jesus before and they hadn't seen the true love of God That's what was different about Jesus. When Jesus came to this earth, everyone had a picture of God. They had an image of of God. They didn't have an image of the Father. They had an image of God. That's why David stood out, because David, even in the Old Testament, he had an image of the Father. Right? He had a true image of God, that he was a man after God's own heart. But Jesus came down... And all these people that thought God was mean and hard, and if you didn't do it this way, He'd beat you on the head until you did, He came down and showed them a different way. He said, God's good. And God loves you. And, and I want you to love others the way I've loved you because I've loved you the way God loves me. And that messed with people because the Pharisees had been telling them for years, you've got to do this, 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 and this, or this won't happen. And even if you do do this, 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 and this, it still might not happen because He, he might be mean. He might be mad at you and you don't know what God's going to do. we still got people teaching that today. Right? Well, it ain't true. God's a good God. Right? And, and He'll do good things for you just because He loves you. Right? But your knowledge of that love is how far He can do good. Right? your belief in that love and and so jesus said as i've loved you and so all they had to do is go back and watch the things that jesus did everything that jesus did was love he cared about people he came for people when jesus looked out over the multitudes he didn't say he, he didn't look at him say man them people are messed up look at them doing what they want doing things doing things wrong sinning doing all these bad things They are so awful, I can't stand being around them. That is not what Jesus did. When He looked out on the multitudes, He saw harassed and helpless people that that were a sheep without a shepherd. And He had compassion on them. And He said, let's pray that the Lord of the harvest send laborers into the fields. Why? Because I love those people. And they should know the Lord God. And he saw, he saw things the way God saw things. He was the express image of the Father in the earth. Right? And so if you want to know what God's like, look at Jesus. Right? People say, well, He, he seemed pretty mean sometimes in the Old Testament. If you want to know what God is like, look at Jesus. Well, but what about this verse and this verse and this verse? If you would like... To understand what God is like, look at Jesus. In Hebrews, it says He is and was the express image of God. It doesn't mean He just looked like Him. It meant He acted like Him. Everything He did, and in Acts 10.38, He said everything He did was He went around doing good and healing all those oppressed of the devil. That's the God we serve. And He said, love each other the way I loved you. Amen? Love each other the way I loved you. That is a big, big job. Amen? How how many know if you're going to go out and love one another, just one another, and we're we're talking about loving other Christians. We're we're not talking about loving people in the world. We're just talking about loving other Christians. Okay? So how many know that you got your work cut out for you, and you're going to have to follow the Holy Ghost every day but he said in verse 35 by this all men will know that you're my disciples if you love one another so this is what identifies us this is what separates us this is what makes us different this is the number one thing that makes you different if you don't start here you will not be different there are people doing so-called good works in the world today that don't even know god Right? They're not good works because you can't do good works outside of God because everything good came down from the Father of Right, Good works come from God, period. People say, well, what about that guy that gave a million dollars to that charity? I'm like, that's great, and I'm glad he did, but that is not a good work because it, it has no eternal value. Good works have eternal value. Everything that God puts in the earth is born out of love and has eternal value. Years from now, they'll still be talking about the good works God does. When, 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 when those other people that gave a million dollars to that charity are dead and gone and everybody's forgot about them, they'll still be talking about the good works of God. Jesus Christ was the best work of God, the biggest gift ever given, and 2,000 some odd years after this gift was given, it's still being talked about, it's still being, people are still trying to downplay it, people are still trying to say it ain't true, but it's still being talked about because it's still the goodest gift ever given it is the highest and best it is the love of god sent down to man in a wrapped up in a bow and says all you got to do is open it up and everything that i am is yours glory to god glory to god and he says i want you to take this love that kind of love the kind of love i just talked about and i want you to walk in it i want you to live in it i want you to have it towards each other Thank you Lord and we can do that but he didn't just tell you to do it then he gave you the ability look at first uh, Peter 1 real quick first Peter 1 verse uh, 22 first Peter 1 verse 22 everybody hooked with me today Amen. It's not. It's like Brother Moore said. It's not what I. It's not. To, not all up to the person talking. It's a lot of times up to the people hearing. Thank you, Lord. In fact, it is, it's two-way street. First Peter one verse twenty-two it says, "Seeing you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit to unfeigned love, not fake love, unfeigned love." How many know if there's unfeigned love, that means there's feigned love? huh? There's real love and there's fake love. The world has fake love, right? The, the world has this love that says, man, I really love you. And then tomorrow when you don't wake up and do what they said, I don't love you so much anymore. Their, their love has, has things that depend on it. You, know, if they, you have to be a certain way. You have to do a certain thing. And, and it's, a, it's a trade. It's not a love it's love is a free gift love 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 loves you when you're ugly right and then after you're done being ugly it'll keep no record of wrongs right and then after you've went past all hope in the world it'll always hope it'll always trust it'll always persevere love won't ever fail you their love is feigned it fails now, if you're waiting for me not to talk about love, you're going to be waiting all the rest of the service because love is what Dave needs to hear about, and so it must be what you need to hear about. Okay? You know, because this is the foundation for everything God does. If we don't know about love, everything else we do is, is, has no value. Has no value, and it has a chance of not fa- of failing. So he said, Seeing you purified your souls and obeying the truth through the Spirit into unfeigned love, of the brethren see that you love one another with a pure heart fervently what's that verse really say let's read it in the NIV King James he was something else I like the King James I'll start there and then I then I try to find somewhere else now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth so that you have sincere love real love for your brothers love one another deeply and from from the heart. But what I really want you to see is that he gave you the love. He said now that you have you have purified yourself by obeying the truth and you now have sincere love. Before you obeyed the truth, what, what's obeying the truth? Let's go back. What's, uh, does that mean, I, oh, i got to do the Ten Commandments, this, this, this? No. Obeying the truth is the truth is God loves you. The truth is John 3, 16, that God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten Son that if you'd believe on him, that's obeying the truth. When you choose to believe that message, you've now obeyed the truth. Right? And now you have the love of God shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Spirit, and you have the ability to love one another. Before, you didn't have the ability to love each other. But God, God not only gives us something to do, He gives us the, the tools to do it with. And love is a great tool. How many know that love is the tool you pull out of your toolbox every morning... You put it in there. It's, when you head out the door, it's in your toolbox. You pull it out every chance you get and you use it on every person that'll let you. Amen? It's not something we forget because it's what sets us apart. It's what makes us different. When we see situations, when we see our brother and sister in need, when we see them, we look for an answer. We, look, we don't look to kick them when they're down. We don't look to sit, tell them they messed up, see how bad they are. We are looking to fix them. And in this body... Loving one another is how this church should be built from the ground up. Our love for one another. Not, not, not because Brother Moore is such a great minister, and he is, but love first. Love for God, and we know that he's preaching the kingdom of God. So it's a good place to be. Amen? I've been here for every sermon since the first one in Branson, first day, and they've all been good. Right? But it's because they're all founded in love. And so for us to continue in this walk, okay, love one another, what's that mean? Well, that means you now have superpowers, because he just told you you have the ability to love one another. So you now have superpowers. <laughs> hey, if you've got something that no one else has, right, if your group of people have it, then you have superpowers. Love is a super, it is the power that created the universe. Amen? So it is a super power so how do we begin to use that love look at first corinthians chapter one and we'll look at a few different ways glory to god y'all happy today are you comfortable are you cold because i had them turn it up because i don't like being cold don't like being cold at all Mm-mm. i'd rather sweat than be cold huh <laughs> Not everybody's like me. I'd rather sweat than be cold. Given the two choices, I'll choose hot than cold. <laughs> well, that's, that's a good way to be. It's scriptural too. God would rather I be hot. Yeah. <laughs> First Corinthians chapter one verse 10 says, "Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord, Jesus Christ, that we shall all speak the same thing and that there be no division, divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. And, and he wrote that because, if you'll see in the next verse, it had been reported that there were divisions among them. What's important in the body of Christ? What's the first way you love people? Don't ever let there be a division among you. Don't ever let something take you and your brother or sister and move them to one side and you the other. And, and, and a lot of people say, "Well, I can't agree with ever." He didn't say that. He said that you be in agreement. There are things that you may never agree with. Don't get involved in those conversations, Amen. right? Some people spank their kids. Some people don't. Guess what? Read the Bible. Don't ask me what to do. <laughs> Okay, let me go back over here. I'm not, I'm not feeling the love over there. Let me, let me go over here. Let there be no divisions among you that your brother and your sister are your priority, that, that, that a division, strife cannot enter in in any way, anyhow. You do not let it happen. And people say, well, what if they get offended? Then you don't get offended, right? and you try to fix it, right? You don't want... And then then pray in the morning, you know? Sometimes we need to pray because our mouth does say things that it ought not. How many have run off at the mouth before besides me and wished you could have grabbed those words and stuffed them right back in because you knew that they were offensive, not in what you said, but how you said it many times? It was probably well true, but it was not spoken in love. And the truth not spoken in love is worthless amen and so many times in the morning we need to go wake up and say god not only guide my steps guide my mouth help me to speak right ways so that people that hear me hear it right and so that i'm not offensive to anyone so that i not give my brother or sister a chance to be mad pray and ask god to help you because you're going to need help Paul wouldn't have wrote about it. He said, let no corrupt communication come out of your mouth. Why would they write about things like that? Because you must have some corrupt communication. (laughs) And it doesn't mean it's bad. It means it's corrupted. It's got a couple bad things in it. Right? But you know what? I like chocolate chip cookies, but I don't want some that have a couple bad things in them. Right? Say, well, this one's pretty good, but it's got a little arsenic in it and a little hydrogen peroxide. Try that. No. (laughs) No. I don't want that cookie. Right? We want our communication to be pure and of love. And when it is of love, then it communicates exactly to the hearer what, what you wanted it to. Right? Uh, not offending someone is what we're looking for. And not being offended is also what we're looking for. Right? How many know that another word for, or another way to say offended is I didn't get my way? yeah yeah if you'll really look the reason you're upset is they didn't do it the way you wanted or you said something that you knew more about than someone else and they didn't listen and now you're offended with them (laughs) guess what being right is not very important when you hurt other people being right is not important at all when you stop caring about what other people think Right? And, and being right is actually being wrong when all you care about is being right. No matter how right you thought you were, you're not. Because if you can't do it in love, and you can't communicate it to someone without discouraging them or offending them, or you can't communicate it and if they don't receive it, you're going to get offended, then it's not going to be good communication. Right? We're not going to get offended, and we're not going to offend, right? We're we're not trying to offend. People say, well, if I speak the word and they get offended, that's just their tough luck. You know what? If you just said that, know that that wasn't love. Because you don't only want to speak the word, you want it to work in their life. You don't want to walk away and say, well, I did my part. Okay. Hey, that's all I can do is my part. Well, you didn't do your part. You quit. You quit. Jesus didn't just speak the Word. He explained it. And He loved it into him. And He said, please take hold of this. And it hurt Him when people wouldn't listen. You think He liked it when everybody left Him in John? No, oh, but it was the, still the truth. He didn't speak it in a hateful way. He said, this is what you got to know. Right? Glory to God. He's helping us today. He's already helping us. That helped me right there. I'm not going to get offended or be offended or offend anyone in any way because he wants us to be perfectly joined because perfectly joined people work together perfectly. In other words, when a church is perfectly joined, when the people are perfectly joined, they're they're thinking down a line and everybody's thinking about the next thing, but they're thinking about what they're doing because it helps this person. Every part is important. There's not such thing as an unimportant part in the church, in the body of Christ. Every part, from the person that sings on the platform or preaches on the floor here or, or cleans the bathroom or works out at the, at the place in the parking lot, every part is important. Yes. Amen? I remember uh, I used to lift weights all the time, and then I quit, and then I started again and then I quit again, then I started again, and then I quit again, and I started again, and now I've quit again, and I'm gonna start again. (laughs) But that's happened several times over the past few years, uh, according to time many times, and according to laziness a lot of times as well. But there was a time, oh, it's been about 15 years ago, and I started lifting again, and I I like to bench press because you lay down, and and (laughs) laying down and working out seems way smarter than standing up and working out. you know, I can't figure out that out when everybody says, how about you run? I said, how about I lay down and bench press, you know? <laughs> how about stand up? No. How about do an incline? I can sit and do that, you know? <laughs> yeah, you'll find out Dave likes the easy way out. Sometimes he has to be pushed a lot, so... But uh, I was benching and, and I, I had done a workout on Monday and I came back Wednesday and said, I'll do this. And I put on a really light weight. I was just gonna warm up and I go down and this arm goes up and this arm stays down and it wouldn't come up. And I mean, literally there was no strength there. And I thought, what in the world? And then finally I, I put this arm back down and I leaned over and I got it back up got it off me. Well, I called a bodybuilder friend of mine. I said, what in the world is that? I said, I really don't have any pain. I just have no strength. And he said, well, there's a little muscle right back here in your shoulder that that your chest, your strongest muscle in your body, in your upper body, relies on. I forget what he called it. He had a name for it. And he said, you've obviously pulled it or damaged it in some way because it's not working. Right? Anybody that knows the body in here knows that that's true? Okay. Well, if you don't, apparently it's true. Because I can tell you from experience now, it didn't work. But it was a small muscle that enabled the big muscle to do its job. And without that small muscle working, the big muscle couldn't do its job. And not only could it not do its job, it didn't have enough strength without that muscle to do its job. Every part in the body is important. If you're working in the body, remember what you're doing is important and it is helping someone else. And not only might it be helping some, it might be helping the biggest, or what we see as the biggest part. But you know, more people have been ministered to, or let me rephrase that: as many people has have been ministered to by the things that go on in Faith Life Church, than by the things that come out of the pulpit. We have had testimony after testimony of people that were blessed by someone that cleaned the bathroom or an usher that wore his coat uh, cleaned up and, and the excellence of the ministry. People were blessed by it, or the love that they gave from that position. See, you, you, could, you can love each other way more out here than somebody from up here can because somebody up here can't love every person personally. Right? God changes others through us. And sometimes when people come into church, all they needed was a big smile to change their day. Somebody shook their hand, told them they were glad they were here. I remember I was in a church several years ago, and, uh, and they, they were doing baptisms that night. And they showed, their, they showed a testimony of the person getting baptized, of what happened to them. They, they usually got saved that day, and then they'd baptize that night. It was kind of a tradition of this church not a bad tradition, right? But um, the way I was watching this lady on the screen and she said, you know, I came to church this morning. She said, I felt awful about myself. She said, and my hair didn't do right. I, this, you know, people had been down on me all week. I forget what all, all her testimony was. And she said, I walked up to the door and this usher looked at me and he said, how are you today? You look really nice for church this day. And it changed her day. And it changed the way she heard and she was able to hear the Word of God that day, and she got saved and was getting baptized that night. Glory to God. How many know that it is important what you do in the body of Christ? Everything you do is important. And this is doing what God asks us to do, right? And if we let divisions in among us, and people come in and they say, well, these are great people, but we got the... the the star-bellied sneeches over here and the plain-bellied sneeches over there. Well, you guys didn't do Dr. Seuss. Right? They had stars upon thars and they had no stars upon thars. Right? Star-bellied sneeches. Clicks. How about that? You know, and, and this this these people have this Sunday school class and they believe this kind of stuff. And these people, oh, they believe this over here. And these people, they're just better than others. No, that's a division. And that's what he said, that there be no divisions among you. Not only something that's dividing you, but divisions. Here's one division, here's another division, here's another division. We don't want a bunch of divisions. Right? One, uh, two visions is division. Right? And we don't want division. We want one vision. I don't know what the word for that is, but uno-vision. Univision. There you go. I like it. We want univision. Thank you. I thought I was going to have to create a new word. Univision. And in in this church and in, in us, we're looking for univision. If we go outside this church and we talk to another Christian, we're not trying to find out what they don't believe. Right? We're trying to find out what they do believe. I was teaching a Bible study one time. Boy, I got all kinds of stories this morning. You guys got time to listen? I was teaching a Bible study. That's what I used to do before I did this. I teach I taught Bible studies. Had five and six of them a week. Just taught Bible studies. Different places, people would come. Thought it was weird. I thought, wow, why do people come? But they came and I taught Bible study. And and one time this uh, this guy came up to me and he said, he said, "You know, my dad's upset because of what, what what you're teaching and what I'm telling him. And it's in the Bible, but I don't know how to explain it to him." And he said, "He said uh, you're telling me this, and now I believe this, and I believe this, and I believe this. And my dad doesn't believe that. And he says it's really causing serious problems in our home." And uh, I said, "Well, I said, you know, I'm saying he just doesn't believe. You know, he just doesn't believe what we believe." And, and, I, and then God stopped me right there. And he said, no, he believes exactly what you believe. He believes Jesus died on the cross and rose again. He believes in salvation through the blood. He believes that, I'm, he believes that I love him. He said, never say again that another Christian does not believe what you believe. He just doesn't believe everything you believe or like you believe it. It's not your job to point that out. It's your job to teach the Word and let people decide what they believe. If if you decide what you believe by what I say, then you're doing it wrong anyway. How we decide what we believe is by the Word of God. Not not because Brother Moore is emphatic that we know it. And he'll tell you, check the Scriptures, believe it for yourself. Right? You can't can't stay full because I ate. Right, And I enjoy eating, but I can't eat enough for all of us. Thank you, Lord. So we're not going to have any divisions among us, and we're not going to have any contentions. Contentions, a brother that is offended, that says in Proverbs, is harder to be won because he's built in a strong city, and his contentions are like bars on a castle. In other words, he ain't letting you back in. So the easiest thing is is not to offend him and be unoffendable. Is unoffendable a word? It is today. Unoffendable. We are unoffendable. Romans 12 goes right along with this. Romans 12, verse 16. Just put it up in the NIV, then I don't have to go the other way. Live in harmony with one another. Notice the, 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 the words that keep coming up are going to be one another. Okay? This says live in harmony with one another. That's what we're talking about right now. Let there be no divisions. Be unified. Find the place that you can agree and don't go any further than that. Okay? Don't go any further than where you can agree. That's, that is called the place of harmony. Okay? <laughs> if you're a husband and wife and in your house... You go further than where you two can agree. Then how many know that your house doesn't have harmony? Right? Right? But if you're a place where you can agree, you have harmony. In the body of Christ, we want to go to each person and be in harmony with everyone. Right? If you don't like something I say today, put it on a shelf and leave it there and love me anyway. Okay? Don't, don't just say, man, that Dave is weird. Did you hear what he said today? And then go out and tell 50 other people about it? Because Dave's weird? And you do it, you know, it won't hurt me because you'll do it behind my back. So that's a, that always helps. Right? Yeah, because, you know, you can talk about people, but just do it behind their back so they don't get hurt. Oh, no. No. That's exactly right. No. Live in harmony with another. In other words, have a place of peace. Have a place of unity with every brother and sister. Don't let it go beyond that. If there, You know, me and Rob and Dan lived in the same house for the past three, for a year and a half, two years now, maybe longer, basically. You know, we've went back and forth. But you know what? That's three people that have lived in separate houses, and now all of a sudden we got brought together. You know what we found? Do everything in harmony. And don't do the things that each other doesn't like just because they don't like them you know some <laughs> sometimes people get mad and they say well, I don't care if that in fact is because they don't like it that's exactly what I'm gonna do yeah we'll just see how they like that we'll put this in their pipe and let them smoke it <laughs> huh no we lived in harmony we actually had a very easy year and a half two years we've lived in harmony why we're brothers in Christ We have a place of agreement at all times. If we find ourselves in the biggest of arguments, we can go, wait, whoa, I got it. Jesus died for our sins. Jesus loves us. He loves you, me, and Dan all the same way. And he put us together in the body of Christ because he's a good God. Amen? And then we'll shut up. How about that? But, you know, we didn't have any arguments like that. We really didn't. God helped us because we had harmony. Amen. And we want to have harmony with one another. And then it says, don't be proud. Don't be proud. That's a given. Don't be proud. How many know pride's not a good thing? Right? He starts with don't be proud because if you're proud, the rest of the verse really doesn't matter. Right? A lot of times he starts with things just because if you don't do that, the rest of the verse really doesn't matter. Don't be proud. Okay. If you can't do that, don't read on. If you, there should be like a, a questionnaire. If you cannot be proud, read on. If, you can, if, you, if, if you're going to be proud, stop here. Right? But because we're not going to be proud, he says, but be willing to associate with people of low position. He's not saying there's anything wrong with them. He's saying their position is different than yours. Right? How many know you need feet just as much as you need a head? People say, well, you could live with that. I don't want to. No. You need all the parts of your body to work perfectly. For your body to work perfectly, you need all the parts of your body. You've you got other parts that will make up for the parts that are not doing their job or missing. Amen? But we want our all of our parts in this body to work together, right, to the good and the perfect will of God. And so it says be willing to associate with everyone, right? What's he saying? He's saying it doesn't matter what you think they do or what you think they've done, right, or what, why their position is what their position is. Be willing. In other words, don't have clicks. We can't have star-bellied sneeches and plain-bellied sneetches. Everybody has got a half a star, and that's it. Okay, you guys are going to have to watch Dr. Seuss. Come on. <laughs> have, you, have you at least seen Green Eggs and Ham? Come on. Okay. Thank you. I still watch cartoons, okay? If they're on TV, that or sports, and that's it, okay? There's, there's only a few channels. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. But we're not going to do that, right? We're going to agree, no divisions. Agree, no divisions, no strife. You know that no strife is one of Brother Moore's rules. That is why I'm sure Mrs. Moore has already told you that. No strife. It, it is an absolute. Strife is the manifest presence of the devil, and and strife is not. If if there's strife in a team, of any sort, we are to deal with it. We literally are. He says you need to pull them. That you need to pull them from what they're doing, and I mean, it's a big deal, and he's not doing it as punishment. He's doing it because it will infect the body. You know, so he—he's and he, and not saying they won't be put back, but if we get rid of the strife, then we then we put it back. Amen. No strife, no divisions, right? We love everyone the same, right? That means you got to love me just as much as you love everyone else. You got to love me. You guys love me, okay? Anybody love me over here? Okay. All right, I'm feeling better about myself. You got to love everyone the same. Romans 12.10. <clears throat> Romans 12.10 says, Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourselves. Devotion. I, uh, I was in the floor covering business before I did this. And I had people that worked for me. And carpet layers, tile layers, all that kind of stuff. And when they said, you need to come out and look at a problem. we got a problem on this job. You need to come out and look at it. And they said, we think your installer did this, and your installer did that, and your installer did, because everything in the carpet business is the installer's fault. And we don't know how that came to be, but that's just. And you know what I did? I was devoted to my installers. I never, ever threw them under the bus. I went out and find, found every reason that that could, even if I knew it was their fault. I found every reason why they could have done it wrong. I said, oh, you know what? They probably were over here, and that happened while they weren't looking real quick. Easy to fix. I would never make them look bad. Ever make. And we should never, ever make another person look bad. We should never. We should be devoted to one another. Devoted to one another means you care about that person. You care about the way they feel. You care about what's going on in their life. You are devoted. You're not going to turn your back on them. This is your brother and sister. And I'm not saying I told lies. I found every other way to make them think the carpet layer was okay and we could get this fixed. Right? And if somebody comes up to you and says, oh, you're not going to believe what you're your, member, your other member in your church just did and they start telling you say you know I'd have to be, go talk to them but I'm, I'm imagining that this really is what happened or this over here is what happened because I happen to know them and they love people and they would have never done something like that purposely and I also know that they know the word of God and they have it in them in a strength and if they did do something wrong they'd already be back and fix it they probably just don't know Never turn your back on someone. This is backbiting when you begin to talk bad about that person to someone else. Right? What did we talk about the other day? It's okay to talk about me behind my back because it won't hurt me, right? No, it's not okay to talk about anybody bad. People say, well, but you got to know what they're doing. No, I don't got to know. I don't got to know. You know you know what? I got a daughter and she's 19 now, or going to be 19 real soon, I think. Yeah, 19. And she's done a lot of things good in her life. And I'm sure she's done a lot of things bad. But you know what I'm not trying to find out? What she's done bad. There are things I don't need to know that she did. My mom said that a long time ago. I said, I said Mom, do you know everything I did? And she goes, No. And she goes, I don't want to. Did the father, when the prodigal son come home, say, okay, son, I understand what you're saying, but we need to sit down and we need to go through step by step every sin that you've committed, because I'm going to need to hear them to forgive them. No. God would, he'd have so many people talking in his ear, telling him about their sin and he don't need to have your sin described to him, and you don't need to have other sin described to you, nor describe your sin to someone else. Right? If I can't just forgive you because you ask, like if somebody comes up and says, "I, I really need you to forgive me, brother," your first words shouldn't be shouldn't be for what? Your first words should be, "I forgive you." Why? They ask. There's no other reason. They ask. Your first words, your very next words out of your mouth is, I forgive you. And then if they want to go on, say, you know, it's not a deal. I forgive you. Amen? We don't need to know. Right? Now, if somebody comes to you and says, you know, I need help. I have a problem in this particular area. You know, and I have a problem talking bad about people and I don't want to do That's confessing a fault to somebody who you're wanting to help you. You know, like if I go to Rob and say, Rob, I'm having a big problem. I want to eat broccoli all the time. Could you please help me? And he's helped me. I know, now I don't even want to eat broccoli ever. No, but then that's confessing your faults. You're saying, man, I'm really, I really do have a problem here, brother, and, and I know that you're, you're strong with me. Will you help me? That's confessing your faults. That's telling someone you have a tendency to sin in this way. Can can, right? Anybody anybody, ever had somebody to help you to be accountable for the thing? Sometimes you just say, you know, I just talk too much. You know, I'll be standing around talking and I'll say stuff I just ought not say. Can you stop me? (laughs) (laughs) And then they'll say, well, yes, please, and thank you for thank you. For letting me stop you. <laughs> Be devoted to one another. Be there for each other. No matter what, we're here for one another. If somebody says they did this, you say, you know what? We'll get them out. If somebody says they messed up here, you say, you know what? I still love them. I believe the best of them. Amen? Amen? Somebody did that for you at some time or another. Even if you didn't know it, you know, the best talk, the best kind of talk you can do behind somebody's back. Good talk. Right. Good talk. When somebody's talking bad about somebody say, you know, those people have been so faithful in everything they've done. And they say, yeah, but they No, Oh, and you should have seen the work they did on this. And they say, yeah, but oh, and they have loved people like I've not seen people be loved. Oh, but no, but you don't understand. These are children of the Most High God. And you're getting ready to say something out of your mouth that you don't want coming out. How about you shut up now? Because I love you enough to tell you, you shouldn't say this. It's not okay. Amen? First 1 Thessalonians 5. 1 Thessalonians 5. I'll tell you what, let's go to Romans four, 14 first, then we'll come down there. Romans 14, 13 says, Therefore let us stop passing judgment on one another. He's talking about eating, but this is true of anything. Right? He said, let's stop passing judgment on... Instead, of, instead make up... Your mind not to put a stumbling block or an obstacle in your brother's way. In other words, always be a help. In other words, if you see something in their way, kick it out. Don't see if they can get over it. <laughs> right? Everybody sitting back say, man, I wonder if that will trip them. <laughs> man, I hope not, but it could. That will be a pretty good crash if they trip. No. No, no, no. When we see the block, we pick it up and say, they're coming. Let me, let me move that over because they're coming through here. We don't put stumbling blocks. Not only do we not put sin in their way, we don't don't give them bigger bites than they can eat. Right? Right? Don't try to don't try to feed a baby the full counsel of God, because first of all, you don't know the full counsel of God, neither do I. But don't try to feed them everything you know. Right? Feed them what they can take. You ever fed a baby? Yeah. It, it more's on their face than what's in their mouth, and you take the spoon, you wipe it off their face, put it in their mouth again, it still gets all over their face, you take it and you keep feeding them until they get it all. But you don't stuff it all in there and then put your hand over their mouth and say, Swallow That's where people are in jail for that kind of stuff. <laughs> No, we're, we're not going to put any stumbling blocks in our way. We're, we're going we're to restore people. Galatians 6.1 says, Brethren, if anybody be overtaken in a fault. Galatians 6.1 and 2. In a fault. In other words, if he's done something wrong. We that are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness. Meekness. You know what meekness is? Moses was the meekest man in all the earth. You know why? You know when Jesus said that, or when the God said that about him, right after he asked God to heal the lady that the, the, was talking bad about him, Mary. That's when he said that. Why? Because that's what made him meek. Somebody was talking bad about him. Moses and him and there, and they hey, shouldn't have done that. Look at that. Moses marrying whoever he wants. He shouldn't be married to that lady. Now, what's he doing marrying that lady? And next thing you know, she's got leprosy. And what's Moses do? He says, there you go. See, now I told you you shouldn't talk about me. It's all your own fault. You have the leprosy and you deal with it, lady. No, because that's not meekness. Meekness is, no, Lord, heal her. Meek people don't want anybody to pay the price for their sin. They want them forgiven. Hmm. Right? That's why He says do it in the spirit of meekness. You don't want them judged. You want them well. Right? Restore them. Bring them back. They're important. When we make people important, that's what gives them value. They already had value, but take their value and make it important to you. And make them feel important. There's nothing wrong with making somebody feel important. God makes you feel important every day. John 3.16 is in place every day of the week. Every day for eternity. And you know what it says? For God so loved Dave. Now how important does Dave feel right now? God so loved Dave that he gave his only begotten son for him. God makes you feel important every day of the week because that's what love does. Amen? Amen. And it doesn't quit. It doesn't, it doesn't say, uh, you know what? You deserve that. You shouldn't have been talking bad about them. If somebody is overtaken in a fall and they talk bad about somebody and they back, we should restore them. Say, no, brother, stop. Let me help you out here. Bring them back. Don't throw them away. That's how you love one another. People who love one another, don't throw one another away. Amen? In all lowliness and meek, meekness, in Ephesians 4, 2, and 3, it says in all, with all lowliness and meekness, we should forbear one another in love. Forbear. Forbear means don't, you don't quit. You carry them. You, do, you know what? I, brother, you're going to make it to heaven if I have to put you on my shoulder and piggyback you in. You're coming. Yeah. Amen? Amen? We don't quit on one another. Oh, but you don't know how many times they come forward, they say, ask forgiveness, they go out and they mess up, they come forward, they go out, they come forward, they go out, they come forward, they, come forward, they go out. I quit. No, you don't. You forbear. And you say, here, have another opportunity. Oh, by the way, here's another opportunity. Oh, guess what? Today's a new day and you got more mercy. I thank God that I have new mercy every day because I'm most certain that I use it up most every day. (laughs) Glory to God. Lord's helping us. He's helping me. We're going to get free. Now 1 Thessalonians 5. Because we restore, because we don't quit, because we don't have divisions... We're encouragers. It says, therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just in fact you are doing. Hebrews 3 and 13 says, but encourage one another daily. How often do you reckon we need encouragement? It says daily. They're writing to us and they're saying, do this daily. Encourage one. You know what? When you get somebody on your heart, pray for them. See if God wants you to call them right? Guess what? It is not the church's job to take care of you. It's the church's job to take care of one another. When somebody needs a helping hand, they shouldn't have to call the church. They should be able to know their brothers and sisters got it. People say, well, that's why the church is here. No, you're going to have to listen to Brother Moore a little longer. The church is not a charitable, just relegated to a charitable organization. The church is to expand the kingdom of God in the earth. Yes, it will do good works, because that's what it does. But the body is to help one another. Just like that little muscle, needed. needed the chest needed it, right? Every part depends upon the other, right? And if we're forbearing... And if we're good, and if we're thinking, and we persevere, and we refuse to quit, we'll always be at the right place at the right time to pick one another up. Pick one another up. We'll encourage one another. We'll say, oh, you fell down, brother. Here, let me help you up. What's been going on? You having a good day? Oh, you're not having a good day? Well, good news for you. You can do all things through Christ which strengthens you. And He'll never leave you nor forsake you. And Jesus still died for you. And He still rose again on your behalf. You have it made, brother. And you encourage and you build up. And you start telling them what God's put in them, not what He doesn't have, what He does have. And you start telling them what's in them. And you believe in what's in them. You know, i got some people in my life and my family that aren't doing the right thing all the time right now. And I'll get a call from them every now and then. They'll say, I really want to do the right thing. I just I just don't seem to be able to do it. And I'll say, guess what? And they'll go out and I'll go, it's in you. I know it's in you because God put it in there. He put it in there through grandma. He put it in there through me. He put it in you. And you will make it. I don't tell them, you know, brother, I've been watching you too, and I don't know if you're going to make it either. <laughs> By golly, you know what? Oh, there's been a lot of sin in the earth, but you've topped the you've topped the list. You're the center of all sinners. You are proficient. And I I just don't know. I just don't know if you're going to make it. No, we're always going to make it. And love never fails. They have the love of God in them. When people say, I just can't be patient. Yes, you can. Patience is born out of love and you have love in you. See, you can encourage people to say, I'm just not patient. I get in traffic and I just start yelling. Shut up, Dan and Rob. You know that somebody pulls out in front of me, and I, and I say, oh, sure. This is your, your world. I'm just breathing the air. Come on. <laughs> okay, Dave's growing, all right? But guess what? We have patience in us. It's in us. Why? Because love is patient. Love is kind. When see people say, I'm just a mean person. No, you're not. You have the love of God in you. You're kind right? Everybody in here is kind and patient and persevering. Glory to God. Just a happy bunch of people that got it made. Glory to God. We encourage one another daily, right? Because guess what? We know that if they won't quit, this is how love is. It sees the end from the beginning. That's what God sees. Love sees the end from the beginning. And it knows if we won't quit. And we know that about our brother or sister. If they won't quit, they will win. Because that's what it says in this verse right here. It says, encourage one another daily. And at the end of it, it says, in verse 14, it says, we've come to share in Christ if we hold firmly till the end the confidence we had at first. So what they started with, we want them to end with. They started that walk. They started doing it right. And they fell down. And we picked them up and we said, get that confidence back. You're going to make it. You're going to be okay. You've got it in you. You can do it. And I don't care how many Scriptures you quote them. Quote them one they can hear. Just don't quote them the one that says, repent! Encouragement is not telling somebody everything they did wrong. How many have ever been encouraged when somebody listed off a list of your down, downfalls or your shortcomings? Any that ever encouraged? You know, I understand you're down, brother, but it's because, you know, you've been going out at night. You know what? You haven't been treating other people good. You know what? Your, your boss probably thinks very little of you because you're a horrible worker. And, and you know what? In the church, you're very little, if any, help. How many people are encouraged now? Anybody in here encouraged? No. You don't find what's down and kick them. You pick them up, dust them off, put them back on the bike and say, ride. Right? You you dust them off and you say, okay, you're going to do this. I've got the same confidence you had. You were confident when you began this race, you were going to finish. And I'm going to make sure you finish because you're a good and faithful servant. You're a child of the Most High God and you have everything in you that it takes to win. You don't have to lose. You don't have to go one more day down because you're going to make it. You're going to make it. I'm going to help you make it. I'm going to call you tomorrow morning because it says encourage one another daily. And so daily I'm going to do it. Amen? And then we're going to get them where they're going. We encourage one another. Why does that make you weird? Because other people don't do it. They quit on people. The world has an end. They'll encourage you for a little while. Oh, come on, brother. You fell down. Get up. Get up. No, I'm not going to help you up. Get up. I'm helping you right now. I'm telling you to get up. The world has an end. Fall down three or four times, I'll say, you know what? They're pretty much a loser. They're never going to make it. I, I'm going on to the next person. No. There are no throwaways in the body of Christ. There's no losers in the body of Christ. In fact, is there, there's not anybody in the body of Christ that's getting ready to win. They've already won. Through the blood of Jesus Christ, we are more than conquerors. We are—we—we we don't have to wait to win. We are the winners. Amen. And so, I mean, if somebody's not encouraging, say, "Oh, good news, you win." When they say, "I don't know if I'm going to make it," say, "Well, I've already seen the end, and you win." And they will say, "Did you see it in a vision?" No, I saw it in the Bible. Yeah. Let me get—let me get less spiritual with you. I saw it in the Bible. God said, "You win." I didn't have three visions and four dreams and in prayer shake and tell oh, the word from the Lord. That's just spooky. Yeah. Right? We don't got to be spooky to encourage people. I don't see where Jesus did that. <laughs> Hebrews 10, 24 says, Let us consider one another. In other words, our thoughts shouldn't be about us. Right, If you find yourself sitting around thinking about you all the time, guess what? You're thinking wrong. That's right. It says, let us consider one another. Right. Where should your thoughts be? Somebody else. Oh, but you don't know how many problems I got, brother. I got problems. Big, big, big problems. You haven't even seen the size of my problems. My problems are so big, they make big problems look small. I got the big problems. Well, then you need to think about someone else because that will make your big problems small magnify the love of God and the hate of the world and the, and the hate of things going on in your own life will go away. When you begin to love others, begin to serve others in love, when you begin to think about others and, and others become your priority, then the things, of, the things you've got now become His care. And when they become His care, guess what? He's never had a care that He couldn't take care of. Amen? <laughs> never been a care that God couldn't take care of. Right? I don't care how big your care is, cast it on the Lord and it will go away. Amen? Let us consider one another to spur one another on towards love and good deeds. In other words, I don't care what you think they've done or what you think's in them, spur them on to do the right thing all the time. All the time. Okay, brother, you're going to do it. Call them in the morning and say, you know, I know yesterday wasn't good, but I got a feeling about today. I got a feeling that you are going to do good things. Who you got on your heart to pray for? Let's pray for them before we ever start our day. You got someone on your heart? Let's pray for them. Huh? Yeah. Immediately you get your mind off them. Don't talk. start talking. Don't say, you're going to overcome all those bills today. Quit worrying about the bills. Say, you're going to serve the Lord Most High today. You're going to love somebody that's unlovable. You're going to teach someone that's unteachable. You're going to walk in places others couldn't walk and do things that others couldn't do. You're going to be the hands and feet of God in the earth today. If that don't encourage you or scare you on, it encourages you. (laughs) What? I'm going to be the hands and feet of God? Oh my gosh too big for me. Guess what? He gave you everything. You will be good at it. Not only will you be the hands and feet, you'll be good. Amen? Glory to God. We've already talked about James 5. It says, confess your faults to one another. Pray for one another. What's he talking about? Not telling everybody all the bad things you've ever done. They don't need to know. First of all, I asked God one time, I said, why shouldn't I tell people about all the bad things that I've ever done? He said, because they're not as forgiving as me. He said, you may tell somebody something that they can't get over, and then you've hurt them and you. I said, okay. Besides that, I don't want them to know. I'm I'm real good with that God. I don't want to tell them anyway, because that guy's dead for the most part, so yeah. (laughs) Pray for one another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous righteous man avails much. In other words, a person that loves other people, that, that someone that, that you can somebody who do you want praying for you we talked about this Friday night you want somebody that loves you somebody that you can talk to that you can say you know I'm having a problem with this brother pray for me that's the person and that's the person that loves you the person you know it says bring them to the elders you know who the elders are the people that love you you know you know you're an elder in the, in, in the body of Christ when you love other people okay. We better go to finally. <laughs> first Peter three. No, let's go to First Peter 4 first. First Peter four, verse eight says above all. Again, it tells us to love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. I don't know how many of you guys have heard Brother Moore's uh, sermon. Love covers, but love covers. Love doesn't expose. It doesn't put people out in the front of others. It doesn't say, you know, I'm helping them because they've got this problem. Here, let me tell you, brother about their problem. That, no, it doesn't expose it. If somebody tells you something, that doesn't mean it's for you to tell. Right? It means it's for you to cover. Right? You know how you cover? Just how we've been talking. You encourage. You know what? I know that's been a problem in the past, but you know what? We're going to believe together, and we're going to help you, and you're going to do the right things. It doesn't mean you're going to hold their hand every day. You don't have time to hold somebody's hand every day but you have time to hold their hand. Right? You have time to make a phone call. Right? And the minute you think, when you get somebody on your heart and you say, I don't really have time to talk to them right now, that's the time to call them. Yeah. Because your flesh doesn't want to. Always do the opposite of your flesh and most (laughs) often you'll be doing the Spirit of God. Whatever your flesh doesn't want to do, do. Do. And you'll be in the will of God. (laughs) Okay. Above love love covers the multitude of sin. Verse 9. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. wonder why he put without grumbling. (laughs) Must mean that we don't always like to do it, huh? Must be something we need to look at. It doesn't just say offer one uh, Yeah, come stay. Come over and eat. We don't have enough, but come over anyway. Sure, you don't have any food. Come to my house. Eat what I got. What? You need a coat? Well, mine don't fit. and It's got holes in it. Here, take it. <laughs> I, I no, no thanks. I'll eat out of the garbage tonight. Thank you. I mean, I, right? How many people want somebody doing something for them that doesn't want to? Right? God doesn't either. If, if you're offered to do something in the church, and you do it, but you don't want to, God don't. He's not looking at that. There's no value in that. He'd rather you didn't do it. Because guess what? He didn't need you. You needed to do it. Guess what? God's big. He can do everything all on his own. Everything he asks us to do is for us. When he says, seek the kingdom of God first, He's not. God's not prideful and says, you ought to seek me first because I'm God. No. He's saying it'll be better for you if you seek me first. Because if you'll seek me first, good things will happen for you. Everything God does is about others. That's why this is about others. 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 Everything we do should be about others. Love others deeply. Offer hospitality to one another. I can be hospitable to myself all the time. I'm really good at it. Dave, what do you feel like today? I'd like a Mountain Dew and a couple, a couple chocolate chip cookies, maybe a glass of milk. Could you get me for that, Dave? Sure, Dave. I'll go get it for you. I'd really love you to have that too. I'm very hospitable to me but that's not who God asked me to be hospitable to he said do it to others and then don't grumble about it this is what separates us guys this this goes clear back to, to John 13 right and then in verse 10 it says use whatever each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others every gift that we've received Everything that God's put in us was put in us to serve others. It wasn't put in us so we could be a rock star. (laughs) You know what? People with a good voice, God gave them that good voice. And it wasn't so they could be a rock star. It was so they could glorify God and serve others. Right? Amen? (laughs) Yeah. Faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. Everything you do, if you clean a toilet, if you empty a trash can, if you work in the parking lot, if you run the sound, if you run a camera, if, you, what, it doesn't, if you're working in the children's, you are administering a grace of God. Amen? That's why you've got to look at these things. If you call somebody on the phone to encourage them, you are administering a grace of God. If you pick somebody up when they're down, you are administering a grace of God. Why? You're an encourager, right? You're a brother. You're a sister. We are administering God's grace. It's, It's not Dave that does anything good. It's God. And if I do something good, it's God through Dave that did it. Right? Even Jesus said that. He said, I'm not doing it. God's doing it. He's good. Glorify Him. Right? We're not doing it to get glory. We're doing it to love people. We're doing it to get other people to do what they're called to do. Amen? Because everybody's called. 1 Peter 3. Verse 8. You'll like this word. Finally. You guys hung with me good though. Finally. Finally. All of you live in harmony with one another. We've talked about that. Be in unity. Be sympathetic. Sympathetic doesn't mean, oh, I'm so sorry you're going through that problem. It's caring. I don't necessarily like the word sympathetic because sympathy agrees with the problem. Compassion fixes it. But being what, what he's talking about is caring about what somebody else is thinking. In other words, see it a different way. If somebody's mean to you, Don't say, well, what's wrong with them being all mean to me? I didn't do anything to them. I don't like them anymore. Say, I wonder what's going on in their life. I know they're a child of God and they have the love of God in them and they're kind. Being mean to me is not like them because they're just like God. So they couldn't be this way. Don't ever assume somebody's a bad person. They're a good person. You ever hear people say, bad boy, bad girl? No. No. Don't say that to your kids. They're not bad. They may be acting bad, but they're not bad. They're good kids. And they're going to make it. (laughs) Yeah. Be sympathetic. Care about others. Nobody cares what you know till they know that you care. It's not going to happen. Care about others. Care about what's going on in their life. If somebody's treating you bad or hurt you, assume they're hurt. Now what can you do to help them get unhurt first and help them be unhurt? Is unhurt a word? It is today. Love is brothers. In other words, you know, I have a I have a sister and some brothers, and my sister, I was joking around with her one day and I was being kind of mean to her, and she said, She said, I don't like you very much. I said, Well, there's bad news for you, and she goes, What? And I said, I'll always be your brother. Love is brothers. Love is someone that's always going to be there. Never going. There's never going to be a day. What, what did it say? He's a friend that sticks closer than a brother? That means brothers are pretty good. You know what? I got a couple of brothers, and I would always call on them. They may call me stupid first, but then they're going to help me. Yep. They may. I'm serious. They try to say, well, that was really stupid, brother. I'd say, yeah, can you help me? You go, yeah, okay. Yep. Brothers are always there for you. Brothers don't get brothers don't get to choose whether they're your brother anymore. Right? They always are there for you. Love like brothers. Be compassionate. Compassion is the action part of love. Be compassionate. He's not just saying, say, Oh, I'm so compassionate. I have compassion on those people. What did Jesus do when he said, I have compassion on those people? He went and healed their sick. Right? Or he said, let's pray that laborers come across their path. Love with compassion always acts. Compassion means you did something. It doesn't mean you looked at them and said, oh, that's too bad. Mm, I feel so bad for them. Compassion acts. He said, be compassionate and humble. In other words, know that no matter what they did, you had the same capability of doing it, but for the grace of God, you'd have been in the same place at the same time doing the same thing. Humble knowing that every breath you have, God gave you. Humble, knowing that they're no different than you. The same love that saved you saves them. The same blood that that forgave their sins, forgave your sins, forgives their sins. It took the same amount, right? Do not repay evil for evil or insult for insult. In other words, if they make you mad, if they slap you, you don't slap them back. I know you want to. But we don't, and we don't so He said, do you hear what he said about me? Well, he can't even tie his own shoes. He's lucky. He, he's cross-eyed and ugly. And no, insult for insult. No, we don't do it. Somebody insults us, we move on. We move on. We consider what others are going through, not just how they're acting, Right? Consider what others are going through, not just how they're acting. Why are they acting that way? Why does it seem like they're trying to hurt you? They're probably hurt. Right? We don't feel sorry for them. We fix them. And humility is the position we work from. Humility is not just just an action. It's a position in which Christians and all Christians should always work from. And we love one another. You know why? Because we were called to it. Verse 9. What's the end of the verse? It says, because you were called. Because to this you were called, what? To love one another? Are you blowing my stuff off, Rob? Man, I'm going to talk bad about him. No, I'm not. Because we were called to love one another, to encourage one another, to build one another up, to not give up on one another, to be there for one another, forbear one another, forgive one another. We are called to the ministry of love so that we may inherit a blessing. And what is the blessing? You got to love. It's bigger than that. But the first blessing is you got the experience of loving others. Stand to your feet. Glory to God thank you lord he's a good god can we do this yes we can it's in us it's our ministry our ministry is to one another our first ministry is to one another because that's what causes us to stand out and we can do it we can do everything we talked about today even when your flesh doesn't want to that's the best time to do it amen you got a song